0: They made uh, lies sound so good, huh? But lies can be destructive. The power of a lie can actually bring pain to ourselves and to others. You just saw some of the lies that we carry, and there may be others that you've just brought along with you today. Maybe you've carried for years. Maybe it's been passed down from generation to generation. But these lies direct our thoughts, and our actions. Why would anyone willingly believe a lie? I think in many times it's not a, an actual choice, it's, it's deception, we've been deceived. So what is a lie? There was a, a little class in church, a bunch of kids there together, and they were asked, what's a lie? And a little girl said, a lie is an abomination unto the Lord and a very present help in time of trouble <laughs> so close yet not quite right see a lie is a deviation from reality and we start to think it's okay because it's it's how we do business it's how we protect people it's it's thought of as no big deal but lies can be so destructive just consider what someone can get you to do if you believe their lies if someone could get you to believe that you were ugly that you were too fat and they kept pounding that lie that thinner is always better they could get you to distort your thinking to the point where you might start to starve yourself to death or someone could get you to believe that the future is hopeless even though they don't know the future you don't know the future and they bombard you with the lie that death is the only way out they could get you to destroy yourself If someone could get you to believe that your spouse was causing all of the problems in your relationship and they could keep getting you to obsess over every little thing and lie to you that there is no hope and things will never change and if they could do the same thing to your spouse, spouse, then neither of you would take the steps necessary to find freedom and instead you would find your family being destroyed. If someone could get you to believe that just one cigarette, one drink, one hit, one look won't hurt. The next thing you know, you're continuing to be enslaved to something that could destroy you or others. Just imagine the power that we have to manipulate and even to destroy others, if we could just get them to believe our sweet little lies. And the most powerful lie is the one that says, well, I don't believe any lies. I can't be deceived that would never happen to me. We're putting ourselves in a precarious place. Pride comes before a fall. We live in a world filled with lies and deceptions and half-truths and fake news, and it's into this world that Jesus came and said these words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now last week we looked at how Jesus expressing himself as the way. He shows us the way to know God personally, And he shows us the way to be fully human. So what did he mean when he said, I am the truth? What difference would it make in our lives if we truly decided to take what he says as truth, to apprentice under Jesus, to follow him and his ways? What if we were to truly believe and live as if he is the truth, the truth about God, ourselves, and the best way to live? Well, there was a moment when Jesus was under arrest, his crucifixion was just around the corner, and there was a, a man who had power, the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate. Listen to this exchange between Pilate and Jesus. In John chapter 18, Pilate then went back into, inside the palace and he summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? What is truth? Retorted Pilate. With this, he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him, but it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted back, no, not him. Give us Barabbas. Pilate asked this question, what is truth? As if to say, can we really know the truth? And he decides to preserve his power by pleasing the people, the shouts of the people, and release a known criminal, Barabbas, even though he could see no guilt in Jesus. Maybe you've asked yourself that question. Can we really know the truth? I wonder if you've been willing to take the time to pursue the possibility that you can know truth. Are you willing to seek truth, pursue truth, truth because what I've discovered in my life is when I pursue truth when I pursue God he reveals himself I want you to look at another encounter that Jesus had this one's in John 8 just another example so we can understand what it means to apprentice under Jesus as the truth there's a crowd of people some who were willing to be honest and some who were playing a religious game In John 8, 12, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus was setting up a metaphor. He was explaining that just as darkness is the absence of light, a lie or deception is the absence of truth. And where God exists, truth is reality. See, the problem with humanity is that none of us know all truth. Because none of us know all reality, but God does. And the religious leaders challenge Jesus, "Who do you think you are calling yourself the light of the world?" And so Jesus replies in John 8:15, "You judge by human standards, I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true, because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me." God." alone knows what's true he alone knows reality do you think you're ugly well according to whom do you think you're not good enough according to whom do you think you're better than others according to whom i mean who is the standard of truth well cosmo magazine and buzzfeed surveys of course Unfortunately, we don't know what's true. We try to bend reality to fit what other people say is true or bend reality to match what we've decided to believe. See, only God knows ultimate truth. And what's true is just reality according to God. Maybe you've heard that phrase, reality is your friend. That sounds great until you experience tough times in reality. Sometimes reality is terrible. Sometimes reality is filled with tragedy But see, here's the amazing thing about embracing what is true. Rather than trying to push away the pain or avoid reality altogether, when we begin to step into what's real, we come alive. We find healing, we find forgiveness, we find freedom. See, avoiding pain does not heal us, but it delays the healing. And I can tell you, when I look back on my life, it's when I became serious about trying to follow after the ways of Jesus that I found healing. We've talked about this many times before, but all of us come from families with brokenness, some more broken perhaps than others, but all with dysfunction. And you may think, well, my family put the fun in dysfunction. But that dysfunction begins to shape us and begins to make us think that we will never be any different than our family, that that this is just the way we are and the more I've pressed into the truth, into a relationship with Jesus, the more I realize I don't have to live that way. The more I've found freedom and healing and the closer I get to Jesus, the more I realize how far I am from him and how much more I need him in my life listen to these words. Jesus says this in John 8. You are truly my disciples, my apprentices, if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, the Pharisees said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? See, they didn't get it. They couldn't see that they were slaves to the opinions of others, slaves to pretense and posturing, slaves to a false reality that had them acting one way on the outside and totally different on the inside. See, they were slaves to their religious bondage. They had come to closure on what was true and they were missing what God had for them. When we think we know all truth, we come close to the danger of deceiving ourselves. Arrogance can trip us up. And there is religious arrogance. There are people who claim to know the truth. Even Christians who claim to know the truth. I mean, Jesus is the truth. And yet, even though they can quote all sorts of verses and and win in Bible trivia contests, if you observe their lives, there's more hurt and destruction than life and freedom. They use the truth as a weapon to wield against others. Even their family feels victimized by the truth. The truth they claim to know has actually become a shield to keep God from messing up their highly controlled lives. See, the arrogant religious have been the foundation of so many horrific acts of injustice. They believed the lie and perpetuated the lie that other people are inferior or less than human or a threat. And religious, arrogant people were responsible for things like the Crusades and slavery and the Holocaust and even the crucifixion of Jesus. See, our blindness keeps us from seeing what God has for us. There's a researcher named Philip Parham and he documents how many young criminals can't see that what they've done is wrong. They point to others as the problem. The problem is society or other people. But until they see that they have committed a crime, they feel no guilt. They cannot be helped and will most almost assuredly become repeat offenders. Now you may be saying, okay, cross the line, I'm not a criminal. No, but there is this universal thing inside all of us. We develop an image of ourselves as we want to be and then we censor any contradictory evidence, be it good or bad. We rely on defending or blaming or lying or criticizing or gossiping to prop up our image. I mean, we can all be deceived. Just consider that those following Jesus right there with them, the disciples were deceived. So why would we think that we could not become victims of deception? And here's the worst news yet. If you are deceived, you will be the last to know it. So here's the thing. We need to invite others into our lives, people who love us enough to tell us the truth. We call them spiritual running partners here at Gateway. And maybe you don't quite know anyone. That's why we're constantly saying the best way to get connected is to serve others with others. Just go through the starting gate tour and get to know a few other people and find someone you can trust and give them permission to speak into your life just as they give you permission to speak into theirs. I have people like this in my life. It's like having your own board of directors. And if you already have that, I want to encourage you, even this week, to ask the question, is there, is there a blind spot I'm missing? Is there something you see in my life? It's a scary question to ask, because they probably have seen it. Maybe the person you came with today knows some things that you just cannot seem to see. If you want to know about how to navigate this kind of relationship, to have spiritual running partners, just go to our website, gatewaychurch.com, b dash transformed. But it leads to freedom when you have people who care enough to be honest with you. I want you to imagine what it would be like to be completely free in your life. To not be held down by the baggage of lies passed from generation to generation. To truly embrace Jesus' words, I am the truth. And if you apprentice under me, live and pattern your life as I say the truth, you will be free. Now what's fascinating is is too often we kind of put truth in this category of propositional statements, a set of ideas or beliefs, but what we see Jesus is saying is, is truth is relational. Truth is a person. Truth requires trust. It's not saying that you believe in certain creeds It's by saying, you know what, I'm going to surrender my life and follow Jesus as my leader. Follow in his ways. Trusting that even as I come across things in the scriptures or others point out blind spots in my life, that I will learn to trust him even when it doesn't seem to make sense. Truth requires trust. I mean, consider what it would be like to be truly free Knowing you are loved and accepted and whole and important with a purpose. Experiencing peace and joy and love. Even in that context, facing the reality that it doesn't matter what others might say about you. Only what God says. Being completely okay, stepping into the reality that you have made mistakes, I have made mistakes, that we've messed up and yet we're still loved. That even if life is not what, it, what we hoped for or expected, that, that God is still with us. But do you and I, do we walk in the light of that freedom? Survey says, not really. See, too often we hide, we run from reality. We don't want to know the truth, we stay stuck. But if we're honest that we're separated from God, that we are hurt and we're hurting others, that's the path towards freedom. Rather than trying to protect yourself from others, inviting others into your life, living in truth sets us free to experience all that God has for us. Listen to Isaiah 44. This is what the Lord says, he who made you, who formed you in the womb and who will help you, do not be afraid. God created you on purpose and with a purpose. Listen to these words to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Or these words in Ephesians. God saved you by grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. What's so remarkable is that no two people who have ever lived are the same. Each of us is unique. You know, some of you know our grow pastor, John Ng. You may not know. He is a twin. He has an identical twin brother. And maybe you know identical twins, but did you know that even their fingerprints are actually not identical? That each of us has individualized fingerprints It's almost as if the fingerprint of God is on each and every one of us. And like a diamond that reflects a different vantage point, a different color, each of us reflects the image of God. And yet, because we live in this broken world, that that brokenness can get in the way. We call it the mud that's on top of this masterpiece that God intended. But the story of God's pursuit of us includes the fact that his son, Jesus, willingly went to the cross, died on that cross, taking upon himself our shame and our guilt and our evil choices that we might be forgiven because of the shedding of his blood. And then he rose from the dead and his spirit comes to live within each of us who says, yes, I want to follow You, Jesus. And when we soak our mind in the words of the scriptures, the words of Jesus, the words of those who followed after Jesus, He renews our mind. I received this message from from one of us here at Gateway South. His name's Dan. Listen to this. He says, Hey, Eric, I had a funny story to tell you. You had mentioned reading the Gospel of John when we met up for lunch a while back, and then again in the sermon this past week. So I was reading John, I was actually getting a little frustrated just because of the way in which Jesus was talking in parables. So I continued on with this thought in my head, Jesus, what what is going on here? And then I hit this verse. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will plainly tell you about my Father. It was actually pretty amazing because the timing of it was like God was saying, hey, don't worry, this is leading up to something. That's the way God speaks to us. Here's Dan and experiencing this idea of God speaking to us and he's literally reading something and he's frustrated and so he's like, Jesus, why are you saying this? And then Jesus says, I'm only doing this for a short time and for a reason. Oh, okay. But you know. <laughs> See, so you won't experience the voice of God unless you listen to his words and they're right there for us in the scriptures. Keep pursuing him. Let your mind soak in what is true so that you can avoid what is not. So we get out of our spiritual journey, what we put into it. Some of us have come to closure too soon. We've assumed that we've already got it all figured out or we've come to closure on who God is when God is saying, I want to do a new thing in you, greater than what you could ever ask or imagine. Are you seeking after truth? Are you willing to pursue Jesus no matter where he might take you? Let me encourage you, if you've been burned by people who claim to know Jesus and their actions proved otherwise, or their actions hurt you, I don't want you to allow anyone else's mistakes or evil intentions get in the way of what God wants to do in your life. Don't give them that much power. Humanity will always let you down, but when you pursue God, you'll discover he never will. It doesn't mean everything turns out exactly the way you want. But see, truth is relational. Truth can be trusted. And his name is Jesus. Unfortunately, we run from reality. We hide and we pretend. Sometimes not just to cover up, but because we're afraid. The scriptures tell us that God's perfect love cast out all fear. Jesus confronts the religious leaders who thought they were free, but they were actually enslaved. They were basing their security on all the wrong things. And he says this in John 8. You are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I have heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, if, I, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and now am here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. You can imagine they did not like this message from Jesus. Jesus. See, sometimes the truth hurts, but when we embrace the truth, we find on the other side of that healing and freedom. See, you and I, we need to turn from the lies and the half-truths because we're allowing ourselves to stay connected to the evil where those originated. And pride and arrogance and hiding and protecting, these are the glue that keeps us bound to the lies. Lies are the weapons of evil. But you and I can experience freedom when we walk in the light with God and each other because everything will come into the light eventually, either by our own confession leading to freedom now or against our will leading to shame in the future. Listen to these words in 1 John. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now I'll declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. See, Jesus is the light. My friend Raph and I had a chance to talk to a gentleman that frequents his coffee bar. He was given 24 hours to live this last Saturday, and we were visiting with him on Wednesday. In fact, I told Raf I could come by Wednesday afternoon or Thursday morning, and he texted me. We went over there, and this was a man who used to argue, sometimes just for fun, about God, and he had experienced a great deal of darkness in his life, and like most of us, it feels easier to just figure out what is that darkness rather than to pursue the light, and on Wednesday afternoon with Raph there, we had a chance to see him say yes to Jesus, next morning I got a text from Raph saying he passed this morning at 8 a.m., I mean, here's the amazing thing about God. Even if you've been in the darkness for a long, long time, the light is right there for you. All you have to do is say, I need the light. You can't muster your way into the light. The light is there. You have to turn and step into the light that you might find freedom. See, here at Gateway, we say no perfect people allowed, and what that means is you don't have to hide who you are. You don't have to pretend. You can be honest with your struggles, honest with your doubts. It it does not mean that, that we keep on doing what's actually brought us damage in life. No perfect people allowed does not mean just keep on sinning, just keep on doing what you're doing, keep going against God's will. It means you're honest with where you're at and we want to be a part of helping you just as you want to be a part of helping us. It's about confession which leads to cleansing. Not doing it again and again and again, staying stuck in the darkness, but stepping into the light. James says it like this, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you might be healed. That's why we're talking so much about recovery. We have a Sunday night group for men, we have a Wednesday night group for women, and and in the steps towards recovery, there is writing down your moral inventory, step four and confession in step five. And I have to admit, when I first heard us talking about the steps at Gateway, I I thought of it as something for those who are struggling with alcohol or drugs. But what I've discovered is it brings freedom to anybody because it's literally spiritual disciplines of realizing that we are powerless, but God is powerful. Of confession, of community that helps us continue to move forward. And whether your struggle is anger or fear or anxiety, having a short temper, or any other struggle, or if you're bound up by some sort of pain or hurt, community can bring healing, just as together we bring grace to each other. So today we're doing something a little bit different. We typically take communion when we come together on our worship nights, but this morning we were creating the space for that to happen in this context. Now communion is symbolic of the death of Jesus on the cross for you and for me. The cup represents the blood that he shed. The bread represents his body sacrifice for us. And I want to kind of push pause And I want you to hear this. If you've taken communion maybe growing up or maybe many times in your life, I don't want you to just jump up and to do it just because you've always done it. I want you to really pause and consider what it means to take communion Is a declaration that you need what Jesus did to count for you. That you want to apprentice under him that he is your leader, your Lord. And for some of us, maybe this will be the moment that you decide to make this true in your own life. You can take communion for the first time today, if this is true of your heart, that you need what Jesus did on the cross to count for you. You need his forgiveness. But the scriptures tell us when you take communion, not to do so lightly. Listen to this passage in 1 Corinthians 11. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent, I believe it. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. And so what we want to do is just create a moment of silence where you can examine your heart just between you and God. We talk about confession to others. We're not doing that right now. That's something I want you to do during the week. But right now, it's just between you and God, in your heart, in your soul. Are there people that you need to forgive? Are there people that you need to go to to ask for forgiveness? Are there things you're holding on to that you've decided are true of you that God is wanting to bring freedom for you? Just in a moment of silence, just examine your heart. And then we're going to hear a song, and during that song, just continue to reflect, continue to consider all that God has done for you, and what he's asking from you, what's next. So in this moment, just listen to God's heart for you. Listen to the lyrics of this song, and let him speak to you.